I think there's a lot of discomfort in authenticity. And I think that's that's the reason why it's so difficult uh, right now in our times, because we have kind of a discomfort phobic culture. You know, it's just like, it's almost like we, we should never feel uncomfortable. Otherwise, there's something wrong with us. Hello, and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Each week, my guest and I share our vulnerable behind-the-scenes stories of giving ourselves permission to take off our masks, let go of our expectations, and embrace our own path of freedom and authentic connection. I'm your host, Bianca Hughes, a lover of authenticity and a licensed professional counselor in Georgia. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Welcome back. I have a guest for you all today. Leticia Fan is a coaching psychologist, which is a hybrid method of coaching on a bedrock of psychological and sociological knowledge. She is a beloved French national. However, she resides in the beautiful island of New Caledonia, which is just east of Australia. Her life mantra is you'll never regret doing what truly makes your heart sing. She loves making visual art as much as she loves learning, writing and teaching about how to be human in all forms. Her dream destination is a world where it feels good for everyone to be human by design because like MLK, she wholeheartedly believes that no one is free until we are all free. Fun fact, she finds tons of inspiration from the science fiction universe in fictional spaces like video games, movies, or TV shows. So let's go ahead and get into the conversation. Hello, Leticia, and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. How are you today? Hi, Bianca. I'm very happy to be here. I'm, and I'm, I'm great, and I hope you are too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm doing well, and I am, as always, excited to have my guest on the podcast. You know, it always interests me how I meet people. I spoke about this on a recent podcast that I don't really do online dating, but I definitely do online connecting business-wise. And um, <laughs> <laughs> that is how I met Leticia. And um yeah, thankful for the internet in those regards. Wouldn't you agree? I absolutely agree. I don't do online dating either, but uh, online professional connecting, definitely. <laughs> As always, I always like to ask my guest, what does authenticity mean to you or how do you kind of define authenticity? For me, authenticity is... Uh, showing up and let myself be seen and known just as I am and letting letting the other do the same because I think it goes hand in hand and uh yeah I guess so for you that's interesting authenticity is a two-way street yes yes because it's um I, I definitely observed with my patients that um, when you start working on authenticity, you can have some problems in the ways people are reacting to it and to have the difficulty to accept that, well, authenticity is going to 
bring up authentic, authentic reactions from people. And sometimes that means they they won't be happy with you being authentic. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so for me, it's important to add the other part because uh, I think it's it's not exactly the same, but it's as as in, just as important. Mm. So kind of like the the um, sense of authenticity breeds authenticity. Yes, okay. absolutely. But uh, kind of like you meet people where they are. So if they are not ready to be authentic, their authentic reaction is going to be a bit defensive. You know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like that. So allowing them to even have the defense yes. in their response is also allowing them to be authentic. Yes, for me, yes, and it's very hard. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't always like that part. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it can be, it can be so hurtful or so disappointing or annoying. It's just, it just defensive is not fun. I don't think for anyone, if for for the be, person being defensive or for the person receiving it. But it's, I mean, it's human. Mm. Have you, um, of course, you know, I know authenticity is a journey. Have you always been authentic? Yes and no. It's like in some ways uh, I was raised to be myself more than a lot of people, I think. That's something I could observe with times. And it, it just wasn't easy, wasn't always easy because it's just, I guess, yeah, it can be construed as rude or, you know, like too much for some people. Uh, But in other ways, I've also been raised to be kind of a very good people pleaser. And uh, since I'm very highly sensitive and perceptive, it just, I catch up easily uh, since, since I was very, very young when people are upset when there's something wrong. And because of that, for a very long time, I tended to attune who I was and my authenticity based on that. And so for me, uh, discovering authenticity was really like a huge liberation because it was saying like, you can perceive those things and not act upon them, not, not just being care- of course being careful about it because it's about empathy and just uh, caring about the other but there's a difference between caring about the other and being emp- empathetic and just uh, not showing up as yourself just because you can feel the person in front of you is not going to receive that well so it was very interesting to navigate that for me cuz mm. So many different questions I have now. Um, <laughs> um, what was difficult at the beginning to navigate that? The when you you know kind of like when you had that realization. Oh, I can feel all these things and experience them, but I can still be me. Hmm. And then you know walking through that. What was difficult about that navigation? For you 
Ah, oh, definitely the part when people were upset. Just uh, navigating the guilt and the shame about it. You know, like feeling, feeling that I was doing something wrong because I wasn't attuning anymore and I wasn't just modulating myself anymore. That, that's for absolutely sure the worst part for me. And it still, it still is difficult sometimes. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Like I always tell people like the freedom of authenticity is great. But the journey and sometimes when you're even actually doing it, even though I've done it many, many times, it doesn't mean it feels great. It doesn't mean it's, um, you know, comfortable. Oh, no. Would you agree? Oh, I definitely agree with that. I think there's a lot of discomfort in authenticity. And I think that's that's the reason why it's so difficult uh, right now in our times, because we have kind of a discomfort phobic culture. You know, it's just like, it's almost like we, we should never feel uncomfortable. Otherwise, there's something wrong with us. And because of that and the way we are raised and the way we're socialized, I find that so very difficult. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I was just having a conversation with my sister and um, we were talking about something and she was like, it's not easy. And I was like, no, it's not easy, but it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very necessary. And I, Mm. you know, I was saying, explaining to her, I was like, it's not about it being easy. It's not about, you know, in particular, you know, conversations. It's not about them being easy. It's, is this necessary? Does this need to be said? And can I say in a way that's loving? Mm. Never easy. You know, um, shame comes up a lot and shame is a big thing. Um, I personally identify shame as I'm a bad person or I'm worthy you know it's definitely about me the person is that how you experience shame or define shame yes absolutely like this I am a bad person would be the best uh, embodiment of of shame for me and and that's definitely a lot brought up by authenticity just because of everything we were just talking about like the discomfort it's and that's what's make, making it so uneasy at times. But I wouldn't say either that it's easy to not do it. Like it might be easier on the moment, for sure. <laughs> but the, the, you know, I don't know if you know that quote, but I really love that. It's just when, you, when you're preventing a war uh, outside just by not being yourself, you're starting one inside. And for me, I, I keep that in mind because I know that if I'm not being authentic, yes, it's going to be more comfortable on the very moment, but on the long run, I'm, I'm going to feel really bad about that. I'm going to feel wounded in a way that is way worse than the discomfort of being authentic. Man, wow. I love that. Who came up with that quote? That. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing and quite badly, I think. No, but I I understand the concept. It's either are you going to have this war outside or the war within? What Mm. one of them, you know, is more important or what what one would you rather deal with? Because I think, Mm. you know, also for you and both of us that, you know, with our clients, we deal with a lot of war inside 
right? And then Absolutely. as much as we deal with the war within ourselves, but one of those big wars, wars that for me I see build up is that resentment of mm. not saying something or not doing something or mm. the regret or, you know, and it just, you know, and of course the shame and the guilt and the, sorry, the shame and the guilt continues to build up. And yeah, I love that description of, of what war, do you want this war within yourself? Yes, absolutely. I think it's a big one and it's helping me <laughs> in those moments, you know, when you, when you have the knots in your stomach and, mm-hmm. and there's this split second where you say, oh, oh God, <laughs> am I really doing that? Am I really going to say that? <laughs> and you have to choose. I, I try to remember that and... <laughs> <laughs> and just dive into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, I always work on this, especially, um, you know, my therapist about feeling bad or misunderstood or, but he would always remind me, and he always reminds me, well, you know, what is the heart behind it? You know, I'm very passionate and some people will feel like, oh, you're coming off a bit harsh or whatever. But if you know my heart, you will always know that it's about helping you become the best version of yourself. And if I see something, I'm not just going to keep walking by. And I think that sometimes that could be misunderstood in in the midst of it all. Absolutely. But that's love. Mm. That's, that's, That's true love because... True, true love is always authentic so that's that's an important one too it's just uh, it doesn't mean that you have to say everything but you have to show up mm. showing up and being authentic um takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of vulnerability and you have this thing and you talk about radical vulnerability can you define that please Yes, I'd, I'd say that radical work vulnerability encompasses everything we just talked about. It's knowing that love is authentic and vulnerable, and that means you're going to show up and over and over in very uncomfortable way, and it's going to be hard for the other person sometimes, and you're going to have to discuss that. You're going to have to have hard conversations about it, you're going to have to learn how to collaborate, I guess. But the, the radical part is about always coming back to the fact that love needs integrity and honesty and kindness. Because I don't think that uh, being aggressive or mean just because you feel like it is authentic. I think, it's, I, I think you would agree on that. That's, just, that's defensive. And so... Going back to the root, because radical is about going back to the roots, uh, is really about looking for that kindness over and over and coming back to it. And so, and so that means also just doing that with yourself, because then you have to be very honest with yourself and just questioning your motives and what you're doing. And if the way you show up is, is aligned with your integrity and your core values. So for me, that's radical vulnerability what has been your personal experience can you share a personal experience of you having to be radical in your vulnerability going through the process for me it was about um 
how to dissect my defense mechanisms, really how to see all the shadowy parts of myself just over and over because it's a journey. It's exactly like authenticity. That's not something you do just once and then, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know myself. <laughs> it's just <laughs> learning how to, uh, you know, that each time we're getting defensive, we can feel that in our bodies. Like somewhere that's there's a sensation that you can like link to the not vulnerable way in an authentic way you're gonna react, and uh, so for me there's a lot of that. There's a lot of uh, yeah, it's about presence, like coming back to my body and uh, questioning what's happening. And it's been about uh, I had to learn. Gosh, so many things. <laughs> Can you name any of those defense mechanisms? Uh, for me, for a very long time, it was very hard uh, to to apologize, for example, because I I was socialized in a way that if you apologize, it means you have done something really bad, and then that means you're a bad person because you're not supposed to do bad things. So that that was one that was very hard. Uh, it just, I would do my very best constantly to not do anything bad. But if I was doing something bad, admitting it was very hard. So that's 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 a very that's a very weird one to navigate because it's it just means that you're at the at the same time you're sacrificing way too much. Uh, yourself for others and their comfort and at the at the same time you're just when you're in front of what you're doing you just no mm -mm. you must have misunderstood me you that that wasn't exactly what 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 I was intending to do and if it wasn't my intent then I didn't do it you know and it's just it didn't happen very often but when it happened it's just it could it, it was very hard sometimes so that that was definitely one of them but i guess for me being authentic started with telling people all the good i felt about them hmm. you know it's just i i i am so sensitive but i was raised to think that's a weakness and that's something that people could take advantage of i shouldn't show it too much and but then I realized that connection was too hard it's just <laughs> you cannot you cannot connect without being sensitive if I am sensitive and I'm not showing it at all it's just I felt isolated a lot and when I started to realize that that's something I could that's a part I could be authentic about and still people please because at that time I was still trying to melt, to make work people pleasing at the same time. It's just that that was that was a big revolution of mine. Just being able to, yeah, just tell people how much I love them, how much I admire them, and what I could observe and that, what I loved about them. So that that was one, and that was a defense too that I have to overcome. Wow, that's that's really good, especially the apologizing 
and not wanting to appear bad, which again brings us brings us back to the the shame part. You know, when I think mm-hmm. about you saying, well, you know, people are like, well, why wouldn't you? It's like, well, if you apologize and you're a bad person and then that shame comes on and you don't want to experience the shame. Um, and mm-hmm. then I love that you were beginning to counteract what you thought wasn't good about you or you were kind of socialized like you shouldn't do that. But you began to counteract that and figure out what it was good for you because I'm a sensitive person in order to connect to these people, I need to do what's just naturally within me. Mm. And I think sometimes a lot of the stuff that are naturally within us, um, for lack of a better word, people may not have known how to, um, family members or friends or teachers may not have known how to, what's the word, cultivate them or bring them out of you. It was just like, no, we don't know how to do this. So I need mm. you not to be sensitive. <laughs> I need mm. you to just, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know how to deal with this. And so, um, yeah, that's really interesting. Wow. Okay. Um, often people kind of like, where do I start? How do I get this going? Um, in terms of being authentic, what does that what does that journey mm. look like? And of course, it's different for everyone. So, um, thank you for sharing on that. And that radical vulnerability is that something you still do today? Yes. Oh, yes. It's a it's an ongoing com- commitment. It's just I uh, I don't think you can stop. Actually, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> I, I think, I, I don't know how you experience it, but the more I'm being authentic, the more I'm attuning myself to the feeling of not being authentic, to the, the moments where I still have, I still slip. <laughs> I'm going to say, for the lack of a better word, I'm going to say that. And just uh, in old ways, it's just then I can feel the knots in, at the bottom of my stomach saying, no, 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 mm, that's not right. And that, that's, so that's an ongoing learning. And uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it ever stops, but in the best way possible. How do people react to that, to your radical vulnerability? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> uh, I must say now with practice and years and because I have I have also a very strong commitment to kindness and to being loving because I think just everything is easier when you're kind and loving. So it's just, it, it goes hand in hand uh, because I, I also think that everybody wants to be kind. I don't think everybody is, but... Uh, I learned a lot about uh, positive psychology, which is the psychology of uh, happiness and human strength and uh, flourishing. And uh, one of my best favorite takeaway from that would be that uh, humans are good. Like we are wired to be good. Our physiology is doing better when we are good. Uh, our immune system is better when we are good with each other. Like we are, we are actually made to be loving. 
So, so for me, being authentic is always about being uh, loving. And because of that, I guess that I'm, I'm more and more lucky about the reactions I'm going to encounter by being that way. Because most people appreciate it. Like a lot of them, and it kind of depends on the culture I am facing, but because people are people, but their culture are still kind of uh, impacting them a lot. Uh, so like often, oftentimes I'm going to have a knee-jerk defensiveness response, you know, like, uh, because they are going to be afraid that I'm misunderstanding something or just not seeing something or, you know, and I'm so used to being honest and I, I don't judge. Like, and of course I judge because I'm human and it's from time to time it's coming. But <laughs> <laughs> I have that commitment to not be judgmental. So, uh, so usually when I'm saying something, it's not about judging the other. It's just about being honest and being authentic. And then uh, some people uh, are going to... Yeah, to just be afraid I might miss a part of their truth or their reality. And that's when just practice is good. Because when you're, when you're practicing that, you know that, yeah, it's, it's just going to happen. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to listen to that. And I'm going to have to show up to that and react to it in a lot of way. And just try to make sure they understand that, no, of course not. No, I wasn't thinking that. And uh, it's just, and some words can be, some words can be triggering for people, not, not necessarily triggering as um, like traumatic trigger, but more, uh, I don't know, I'm a psychologist. So, and I talk a lot about feminism. And so sometimes it happens that, I don't know, like I was in a meeting the other day and with a few women and they are uh, working in an association and they do a lot of teaching through their work because they're social workers or teachers or doctors or things like it, jobs like this. And uh, we were talking about anger because we were t- one of them was talking about raising her daughter and uh, trying to make her aware of the way society was working and was not really functional. And at some point, she heard me say something like, as long as she's going to be used to getting angry, (laughs) she's fine. (laughs) And... and, uh, then there was this tension in the room because women and anger is just <laughs> it's just always a big thing and uh, we had to have like a 10 minute conversation about anger because uh, we were dealing i guess with the archetype of the angry women and uh, the angry bitter woman and aggressive who doesn't like men and things like this <laughs> and at some point I, I i could feel i could feel that one sentence just changed everything it was like what did i say because it was in french it's just I just said, wait, angry 
doesn't mean you have to be mean and aggressive. And then, and when I said that, there was like, whoa, really? <laughs> and the tension just lower because it's just like, oh, you really don't have to be the mean, bitter, angry woman that everybody hates. We just have to deal with the anger and express it and uh, act upon it in ways that are aligned with what we are feeling, but without being unloving, without being caring. And I think that's very important. And I, I keep coming back to that kind of conversations. And because I, I, because I am having a lot of those conversations, of course, there's a lot of discomfort involved. Because that's not easy conversation at all. Mm. But um, wow, that's a. Um, I have so much thoughts on anger, but it's a whole other conversation. That <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, would be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's just a lot of thoughts on that, but I do think that's totally true. That women are not socialized to be angry, and if you're angry, mm. that it means I love that you use a different archetypes that means you're mean or you're bitter or something like that. You just, it's almost, it's like, can I just be angry because somebody disrespected me or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, absolutely, yeah, I love that you had that um, conversation. Um, It's just so beautiful to hear you speak about you and definitely about people. I know that you are very much into people, human beings, kind of like the betterment of society and things like that. Mm. What does it mean to be human for you? The first word that comes up is messiness. Hmm. Is that okay? <laughs> is it okay to be messy? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I think being human is being very, it's having a very messy experience. It's just, there's so much like between our thoughts and our emotions and our sensations and everything that comes up from the environment and from uh, experiencing others. And it's just, humaning is messy. <laughs> it's just that I, I cannot explain it. Uh, that's that's actually why uh, my account is called the Happy Mess Project and not the Happiness Project, which, which is another project and very interesting too. But... Uh, the happy mess project comes from embracing the mess. You know, like uh, Elizabeth Gibbard talk about embracing the glorious mess that we are. And I love that sentence because, yeah, everybody is messy and we like, we like order. So we try, to, we try to just tidy the mess. And, but the more we tidy the mess, the more dehumanizing the experience is. Like, I think that's that's a problem we have in our society that we, we try to make humans all about data and all about facts and cold facts and things like this. And that's ridiculous. We we just we don't work that way. And and that that shows up in many ways now, like in algorithms and things like this. You know, you, you heard that, like algorithms being racist or misogynistic or things like this. It's just because we try to we try to put humans into boxes and that's that's just not working. <laughs> that's why I love her. 
just want everyone to know because she just speaks my language but uh (laughs) just the whole you know you say happy mess project I talk about embracing your imperfections to authentically be you you know you talk about that box you know I often talk about stepping outside the box and giving yourself permission to step outside the box in order and I mean it's so interesting because we are a mess but at the same time there is still this part of us that wants to be orderly and not be a mess and like there's this um (laughs) internal fight with that and and trying to figure that out and I and I totally agree with you because man life my life is easier or should I say challenges and obstacles are easier for me when I embrace them rather Mm -hmm. than when I fight against them and try to fix them and yeah (laughs) And um, it even makes, it even, it doesn't last as long as well. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the discomfort and the uncomfortableness doesn't last as long um, when I embrace it or, you know, embrace that mess or embrace the imperfections. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm able to navigate and live life through that. Do you agree? On that? I definitely, I definitely agree. It's just... Uh, everything about humans involves uh, paradoxes. You know, like uh, Carl Jung used to say that that growing up is about embracing and maturing is about embracing everything that is paradoxical with us. And when I'm talking about messes, definitely I'm talking about paradox and the fact that exactly like we are messy and we want the older uh, and but also we don't like the older too much when there's too much older that's we don't, that doesn't sit well with us either and when we start to embrace that when we start to embrace how chaotic and random sometimes and yeah that just messy life is and challenges are uh, things are so much easier to deal with. They're still hard. They're still, they are still painful. And just, you can, you can go around that. You can, you can go around suffering. You can only go through, but it's, it's too hard to try to fix the mess all the time. It's exhausting. And I, I'm a I'm a perfectionist in rehab, so <laughs> I, I definitely know that what I'm talking about here. It's just it's too hard, and it can't be done. <laughs> so it just when you admit that, <laughs> when you admit that, then you can live, then you can then you can have joy back, then you can have wonder back, and and feel love and. And you can feel that, yeah, our world is messy, but it doesn't mean that everything needs to be fixed in order for us to be happy. We can be happy in that messy world and life. Hmm. Everything doesn't have to be fixed for us to be happy. I like that. (laughs) And it can't be. It can't (laughs) be. It can't be. Yeah, and and it's interesting, you know. I think that's why we connect. Uh, so many different reasons <laughs> why we connect. But um, oh, yeah. <laughs> with the uh, perfectionism and me overcoming the perfectionism and working through the perfectionism, someone said to me, you know, I always remember like Bianca, people feel like you you make things that I make things look easy, and I'll be like, 
No, <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast. Like my life is not easy. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, a lot of hard work. Um, mm-hmm. And I think both you and I know that. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And you've been talking about this a lot. And, you know, you've mentioned this um, today quite a few times is about other people being part of your authenticity, other people, yes. you know, whether they're helping you or you're helping them. And um, I know, you know, you've talked about, or you've mentioned about that part of it in relationships or intimate relationships and ones that are loving other things that's really helped you in a way to thrive. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? I'm How so is sure. that? How have those love and intimate relationships kind of helped you? I think life is very scary and hard and we can't do it alone. It just, it doesn't work. And uh, I also think that we have to have a uh, relationship with higher powers than ourselves, just because otherwise it's just, it's too much. We're too little in a, in a universe that is way too big. And I know you're a believer, so I definitely know you. You know what I'm talking about here. It's just, it's too scary. <laughs> and uh, relationships is is about feeling, for me at least, when they are really intimate and loving and caring, it's about feeling loved and held and supported no matter what happens. It's just knowing that you can count on some people and, I think that's that's the worst part of not being authentic is that you lose that kind of connection. You lose that kind of love because it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty awful. I, I, I've tried that and I, I thought it was almost unbearable. And at point in my life, I struggled uh, with depression. I struggled with suicidal thoughts and, and there was some, big traumas in my life too and I don't think I could have made it without people and it's only when I started to have like real relationships with them and to just show up as well as I could because like we said that's a journey and relationship that I had that was the most authentic one 10 years ago or 15 years ago are really not the same and they they evolved and sometimes they have to they had to end because I was getting too authentic for them. So that that was also a painful part of the journey. It's just understanding that some relationship and a lot of relationships actually are not made to last even when we love each other very much and even when we try very hard. And uh, for me it just I say it like this sometimes because I think that's the the way uh, the little Leticia inside feels. It. It's just I grew up with my best friend being fictional, you know, like from books and movies and TV shows, and I was admiring those relationships so much, and I was so sad too looking at them. It was a kind of a bittersweet sensation because. At the same time, I was amazed to be able to look at relationship that way. And at the, at the same time, I was very sad because my relationship didn't look like this 
at all. <laughs> it just I would, especially I was admiring the fact that uh, in fictions, a lot of the characters, especially the ones I used to love, because obviously there's a lot of different kind of characters, they were so honest with each other and able to to tell their truth to each other. And even if it was hard, even if there was fights, and they, at the end, love would win, you know? And now I'm looking at fictions and I... I look at it and I say, man, that's very dramatic and tiring. And like, I'm so grateful <laughs> that my relationships feel now better than that because it's just, it's so, you know, I, it's kind of like I got the loving part without all the drama part around it because. Obviously, in fiction, you have to have drama. Otherwise, uh, it's just, it doesn't make the stories as interesting. I think it made them deeper. And I think it's, um, fictions about that kind of relationship is even more interesting. But uh, just having that part where you can be seen for who you are and not hide anything. It's just not hiding the part that feels fragile and hard and shameful. And uh, it's like I was talking about relationships in general, I think, on a, on, a, on a forum I really like, where people are so nice. But a lot of them, I can sense, don't allow themselves to just be seen in the darkest part. Like, I think like many people who are all about bringing light to the world and for, for whom it's important, yeah, to just be loving and caring. And a lot of them think that to do that, they have to hide the part that is uh, angry and sometimes bitter and sometimes resentful and sometimes, I don't know, sometimes we, we, th we throw tantrums, even as adults. It's just we have those moments and it's okay because it's, it's the messiness of being human. And I was talking about how deep the relationships can get when we actually show these parts. Yes, to I totally agree. Just for, for me, it's so important. It makes mm -hmm. such a difference. It's just that stop pretending. Stop pretending that you'll never get judgmental or you never get angry or you never get sad. It's just to my patients, I actually, I actually say like, man, that's not normal. That you should have all the range of the emotions. It's just not just the part that you're comfortable with. I know there's an issue if you're not showing all of them whether it's with me in my office with them or just in personal relationships, we have to have all the emotions. You don't have to share them with everyone, of course, but in intimate relationship, if you don't share them, it's just, you cannot have the kind of relationship. Yeah, your heart really I agree. Um, definitely. My relationships have gotten deeper with people that they've seen everything. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, like in the understanding, I remember one of my friends, like, you're the only person I had an argument with. And I was like, and you know, at first I felt, I felt bad, 
or like they hadn't had an argument with any of their mm-hmm. other friends and I felt really bad like oh well something's wrong with me da 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 and I was like, okay, well, this is just who I am. <laughs> we're going to have a discussion. We're going to have it out and we're going to work through that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we do. We have a very loving relationship and then a very deep understanding and definitely closer because of that. But, um, yeah, and I do feel closer, like, when I begin to take risks to share myself more and more because there is a risk in the sense that I don't know if they're going to hurt me. I don't know if they're going to reject me, but like you said, Mm -hmm. I don't want the war inside myself. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to kind of say this. Mm -hmm. And so with that, what about the relationship with yourself and your authenticity with yourself oh i think i think it's all uh woven into each other like you cannot have authentic relationships with people if you don't have an authentic relationship with yourself so for, for me that means uh carving time with myself a lot of reflection a lot of stillness a lot of silence a lot of uh being by myself and listening to what's happening. Like just yesterday I had, uh, I had kind of a hard day yesterday and it's just, I take Mondays off. Like I told you that it's just, uh, I call that my weekly retreat, and it's a time where I don't speak to anyone. I'm not on the internet. Uh, I don't check my email. I don't check my phone. And I spend a lot of time just doing whatever. And yesterday I could feel that for a few weeks I've been kind of running around, very busy, things like this. And something wasn't sitting well. And I spent quite a few moments just doing nothing. And staring at my ceiling and at the sky and just letting myself sense what was going on. And then I started to cry and I started to feel some sadness and it was kind of hard, but I stayed with that. And like you were saying earlier, because I stayed with it, it passed. Like, I know I have to have some conversations and I started it, but just the the, the, the resist, resisting part, you know, like the, the, the wall inside, the wall within, that stopped. And and for me, that's, that kind of thing is absolutely essential if you want to have authentic relationships. And the people that I know that are struggling the most to have authentic relationships are the people that never stop to look inside. Because if you don't look inside, how can you be authentic? You don't, then you, you get authentic from the surface, you know, like from just more defensive, more aggressive and more react, reacting and less responding. And uh, so that's, that's not working, especially, uh, especially, Definitely in intimate relationships. That's just, 
we are we have so many myths about uh romantic uh, relationships and intimate relationships and just there's so many things to unpack in that area that if you don't take the time uh and i don't think therapy is enough i think it's very good to have therapy but i don't think that's enough in itself you know like just having that moment with someone else yeah it's great but if you're not able to do to do that with yourself too on a daily basis and sometimes on a moment to moment basis <laughs> like you're screwed it's just it's just too hard and the the more the more you do that the easier it gets and i think that's why sometimes you read things uh, written by monks and stuff and and you just i i th- i think a lot of people are like this and i was definitely like this like Yeah, you just made it sound too easy. That's not possible. You cannot do that. You cannot just embrace things <laughs> like this. But yeah, you can. <laughs> But it just has a lot of practice and a lot of time and a lot of trial and error. And that's something they could use some repeating and some just softening. But I don't I think they can do that more easily because there are so many hours in the day. where they are praying, meditating and reflecting and just being present and not being in the swirly life, you know, like the one we have like with the, all the internet and work and and responsibilities and children and people and things like this. Being that intentional about that. I agree about, you know, we're both in the world of therapy, but I uh, you know, I was again, I'm always having conversations, but um You know, I was sharing that you can't just therapy is great and the work that we do is amazing, but it's like a kickstart. It's like a, a support. It's like an identification. You know, I always talk about giving people tools and resources that they can use for the rest of their life. But I always explain, like, if you're not doing the work outside, you're not going to feel like you have a benefit from therapy. You're just going to feel like, you know, and you mm. can't be, of course, relying on this one person to do everything. There's a big role that you play. I totally mm. agree. And I love that you did that experience. Is that what you call when you were just lying and, and looking at the ceiling and, and just taking that time out? Is that what you kind of call ex- your emotional badassery that you like to say? Is that what you would Oh, that's, that's definitely a part of it, yeah. just there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different part of emotional badassery for me because it's it's really about uh cultivating the art of being like bravely and wholeheartedly human and so that means we were talking about vulnerability for me vulnerability definitely is emotional badassery and uh being loving and caring even especially when you don't feel like it and when it's hard and when you have to get over yourself to do it definitely emotional badassery is including with yourself self compassion definitely emotional badassery and and so there's different kind of emotional badassery and the one i was talking about like uh the the art of stillness of presence of suffering that kind of things definitely emotional badassery because that's hard <laughs> that's so hard like you you feel that that urge that need to fix it and to make it go away because it's uncomfortable and like the the body can react especially if you have a traumatic background the the body feels like it's in danger when it's feeling like this 
because it means that something wrong and it, it wants to shut it down and not not giving into that super hard super badass for sure wow that's why you call it emotionally <laughs> badassery because it's it's good but when you're doing it and because of the fact that you're doing it mm-hmm. that makes you a badass i like yes that. absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like that i love it so um man it's been so good talking to you and just your experiences and you being willing to share. What are some final words you would like to share with everyone? Um, something or something for them to think about? I guess I was I was thinking yesterday how much having real, authentic and vulnerable and loving relationships absolutely doesn't look like we were taught it looks like. And I think that's very helpful to remind ourselves that because when we when we get authentic, then it definitely makes every relationship more uncomfortable and uneasy. And, uh, you know, like... Not like the movies. Uh, uh, I'm 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 loving you so much that you can do anything. <laughs> it's just no, that's not love. Just <laughs> and the fact that we are taught abusive patterns in that way is just so dangerous for ourselves and for for our deeper selves. And it starts. It starts the world. The wars within, because that's one way we are taught to not express anger because we love each other, and not express how hurt we are because we love the other too much. But that's really not love. And like relationships get messy when we get real. And. And sometimes we don't even know if we can keep up with them, if we can stay in them and just trying to figure that out together and just make putting the problem uh, in front of us instead of between us is a big part for me of relational badassery. And for that, you have to accept that you have to develop your own kind of relationship with each person and especially find what's working for you and what's not working for you and know that you are allowed to have needs you have you ha- you are allowed to be loved and live the relationships you you are allowed of so many things that we are taught to believe that we are not and so i guess that it works for relationship and it works for life like Authenticity doesn't look like what we are taught. It should mm. look like, ideally. Wow, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. So do you have any um, books um, or resources that you recommend that have helped you along the way or even videos or, in, or movies or whatever the case may be? TED Talks, 
are always an easy ways an easy, an easy way to just find uh, resources that are interesting. Like the the psychology part of TED Talks are amazing, uh, and all the work from Brené Brown, amazing mm-hmm. for sure. All the work from uh, Harriet Lerner, amazing. And that's that's an author Brené Brown was reading when she was young, and you can feel that in her work. And just reading both, amazing. And she, uh, Harriet Lerner really gets into the nitty-gritty, you know, the, the tiny details of what it means to be in a relationship in, a, in an authentic way. That's huge, huge shift for me. And Bell Hooks work on love. And for me, the three together, it just they, they all changed my life. And it was, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still digesting all of that and experimenting with it. And, but they define love for me. They defined uh, relationships and showing up and they have amazing, amazing tools to just get into it. And of course, we'll put all that information in the show notes. And lastly, how can we shower you with love? Where can we shower you with love? <laughs> uh, I guess it's just, I'm looking to have that kind of conversations. So showering me with love would be probably on Instagram or by email or just telling me what you think and sharing with me how you resonate or don't resonate with my words. And that would be that would be the main the main way to do that. And what's your Instagram? The Happy Mess Project. Okay. All right. And we'll put that in the show notes. And we'll also put your email in the show notes too. So thank you so 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 much on um, this As conversation. Always, it was such- such a pleasure (laughs) yeah yeah you've just dropped some gems and I just know everyone will love the gems you've dropped and your perspective um it's really much appreciated so thank you thank you so much if you connected with what you just heard please subscribe rate and review the podcast you can stay connected by following our Instagram, Authentic Wednesday Podcast, and visiting our website, AuthenticWednesday.com. Remember, authenticity is a journey, not a destination.